Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for checking into the best Houston sports podcast and back for his weekly visit, our NFL and fantasy football expert, Andy Rio, who's covered fantasy for nearly 20 years. And Andy, not only are the Texans a total disaster, but one kind of fun storyline was Damian Pierce. He's basically rendered worthless right now. Yeah, the past two weeks were quite bad, uh, like unusable bad, uh, because, I mean, usually, I mean, players run into hot and cold streaks during the season, but it's one thing to get 50, 60 yards, and it's another to have the paltry totals he had the past two weeks. So, yeah, I, I mean, uh, he is really a very hard guy to bench because workhorse running backs are hard to find. And also the Browns are absolutely atrocious against the run. So I guess I'm going to say to stress patience for one more week, but uh, he is trending sort of towards being more of a matchup based play than a must play at this point. Yeah. I know you don't like it because he's on your fantasy team, right? <laughs> I have him on a couple. Yes, I do. Yeah, I, I certainly do. And one of those teams, I mean, I, I don't have, have DeAndre Hopkins and James Conner this week due to the bye, so I will be playing uh, Pierce again, so I certainly hope he rebounds on that squad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine, and you know, there's an under-the-radar Texans fantasy option, but trusting the Texans to keep finding Jordan Aikens feels about as secure as Bitcoin stock? <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, he has, he had the touchdown this past week, and he had over 70 yards receiving uh, a few weeks ago, but uh, yeah, I mean, right now, I mean, we have two teams on by this week, the Cardinals who don't have a relevant fantasy tight end now that Zach Ertz is out for the season and Carolina, which it's hard to find really anybody viable out there besides uh, Deontay Foreman, the former Texan and Longhorn and occasionally DJ Moore. Uh, in week 14, there are six teams on by, but the most relevant tight end of those six teams is Jawan Johnson, who's been kind of a touchdown sensation of late with the Saints. So, uh, you know, yeah, you could probably make the case at the weakest position in fantasy football that maybe Jordan Aikens has earned streamer consideration, but we're just at the point in the season now where the buys are almost over. So he's probably not going to get there. But I guess if you just absolutely had to find somebody on the Texans to monitor a bit, he's your guy. All eyes on Deshaun Watson, of course. But isn't this a perfect week for Nick Chubb to get like 300 yards? <laughs> I think he's capable of that. Yeah, I mean, Nick Chubb has had an outstanding career. and This has been the best year of his career, uh, especially in terms of fantasy and all that. So, yeah, I mean, given what teams traditionally do to the Texans on the ground, uh, a strong case can be made that Nick Chubb uh, should be rated as the number one overall running back this week. We might even see a little bit more from Kareem Hunt, who's basically disappeared. Uh, obviously, the question with Watson rust. It's been a long time since he's taken the field. Uh, but, you know, I suspect he may be able to get home with some numbers. Uh, I would still say that it's probably going to be the Chubb show overall. But definitely, uh, if you've been starting Amari Cooper with Jacoby Brissett, keep starting him this week. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones uh, could be an option as well for fantasy owners. David Njoku, the tight end as well. But uh, as we record this, uh, he has been dealing with some injury issues. So uh, monitor that. Uh, but yes, uh, it will be the Nick Chubb show on Sunday. 
Deshaun Watson comes in, but can he fix all of the Browns' issues? Not that the Texans can exploit them, but there's defensive issues too, right? Well, and that's getting back to Pierce. I mean, if the Texans are going to have any chance of springing the upset, he's going to have to get going, and they're going to have to make a concerted effort to get him going. And they're going to have to keep the game relatively close to do that. I mean, you know, part of it, I don't want to bash Pierce because I think he's a very good player. Of course, we've seen that this year. But, you know, bad situations uh, were made worse, uh, you know, against Miami and to a lesser degree against Washington because, you know, they just got behind so far early and that takes the runaway. So they've got to find a way to keep this interesting for a while uh, for Pierce to rebound. And, uh, you know, if they have any hopes of springing the upset against their former comrade. Yeah, I mean, you're not saying anything bad about Pierce there. You're saying bad stuff about the offensive line and the quarterback, but that's a whole other issue. Sometimes fantasy football players or real-life players can get dragged down in fantasy. I mean, I will never forget the year that I had Larry Fitzgerald and the Cardinals quarterback situation was so atrocious that uh, I was gladly starting Lance Moore over him, former New Orleans receiver, uh, down the stretch that year. And, you know, Lance Moore was certainly a contributing player for those uh, pass-happy Saint teams with Drew Brees. But if you're comparing, obviously, in real life, he's not going to the Hall of Fame like Larry Fitzgerald is. Well, let's move on from the Texans because I've had enough of them for the <laughs> week, at least, with everything else that's going on. And we talk about the Texans a bunch with this, with Sean Bajani, my co-host, uh, in our show that we just put up last night, so if you missed it, go back to that one, definitely. And just a reminder to subscribe, comment, like us on YouTube. It's the best way to support the show. Make sure to catch our live Texans-Browns postgame show with me and Sean. That's going to be interesting after the Deshaun Watson uh, whatever circus is going to be in town. But let's get to the marquee matchups, Andy, of the week because there is a lot of actually good football going on outside of the Texans. The Bills are at the Patriots and maybe the most – intriguing would you call this the most intriguing afc east division and what 25 to 30 you got to go almost before brady right (laughs) well i mean with every team being above 500 right now yeah it's very compelling uh the dolphins who we'll get to a little bit more are certainly a great story but as far as new england goes uh this is a borderline must win game for the patriots because they fall they drop to six and six i would never want to totally count out any bill belichick coach team but uh, this is going to be one they're going to be in for a big challenge. Buffalo really laid it to them in the playoffs last year, and I'm sure they'd love to get even with them. Uh, but the Bills also came into Foxborough late last season and also uh, handled the Patriots. So they're not afraid to play in Foxborough. I would su- suspect that New England is going to be uh, as run-heavy as they can be. They will not have Damian Harris, but Ramondre Stevenson has been playing so well. He is obviously the best Patriots player to start. Uh, Mac Jones had a very nice game against Minnesota in prime time on Thanksgiving, but uh, you know, it's a tough Buffalo defense and Jacoby Myers, his top wide receiver could be a bit limited this week. Uh, so uh, I would just pretty much focus on Ramondre Stevenson, even the new England defense, which is often startable in fantasy leagues, uh, certainly risky given that they're given that they're playing the bills. Uh, you know, it's not an easy matchup for Buffalo, but you got to certainly have uh uh, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs out there. Gabe Davis is his usual boom-bust self. Uh, could be a little bit more challenging for the peripheral players like Devin Singletary and Dawson Knox. The Commanders and the Giants, which 
who would have guessed this would be a big matchup late in the season? It's a huge NFC East showdown. They appear to be going in different directions at the moment, last couple of games. What are you seeing with these two? Well, uh, the the past couple of weeks, uh, the Giants really haven't been able to get Saquon Barkley going. He did have a touchdown against the Cowboys, which uh, salvaged his fantasy day to some degree. Uh, the Giants will be getting some linemen back up front this week, so that could help with Saquon. Uh, I expect this is going to be a fairly low-scoring game. Not really a lot of interest in playing Daniel Jones or Taylor Heineke. I think the uh, fantasy value lies with the running backs. Uh, Brian Robinson had a nice game last week in Washington's victory over Atlanta, so he certainly should be in lineups. You could probably flex Antonio Gibson as well. And of course, you got to start Barkley, even though uh, he's been in a small slump uh, these past couple of weeks, but he's still Saquon Barkley. He's capable of breaking out of it at any time. Uh, just hard to really find, um, you know, a lot of uh, intrigue in the passing games for either team. I mean, you should still probably start Terry, McLa- Terry McLaurin on the Washington side of the equation uh, and maybe Darius Slayton for the Giants. But, yeah, I, I kind of think this is going to be one of those low-scoring, old-school NFC East battle. Who do you like in that game? I think the Giants are going to get back on track. Okay, the Jets are at the Vikings. We're we're back to New York for this one too. And and can Mike White do it again this week? What do you think about the former fifth rounder? Well, he's certainly way better than Zach Wilson. I, I was actually having this discussion with someone earlier this week. It may not be too soon to put Zach Wilson in that Ryan Leaf, Jamarcus Russell category of draft bust. Uh, maybe that's a bit of a hot take, uh, but. It is what it is. Uh, Mike White looked really good. I mean, part of that was the ineptness of the Chicago defense, but he also played well last year in an upset win over Cincinnati. So, um, you know, while I question that Mike White obviously is the long-term solution for the Jets at quarterback in the short term, uh, he seems more than confident, and Minnesota's defense is not outstanding, even though the Vikings are poised to put the North away here real quick. So, uh, most importantly, he got... Garrett Wilson, and to a lesser degree, Elijah Moore going. Garrett Wilson has had a very nice rookie season uh, out of Ohio State and everything for the Jets, so he should be started again this week. Uh, The real storyline with the Jets in fantasy is their backfield. Michael Carter, of course, took over the lead role earlier this year when Brees Hall was lost for the season, but Carter was dinged against Chicago. So out of nowhere, uh, they deactivated James Robinson, and it was Zonovan Knight, uh, a player with the nickname of Bam, leading the backfield. And he did very well. And they also had Ty Johnson mixing in as well. So uh, Carter's status is one to monitor. But if you're needing help at running back, uh, Knight certainly looks like somebody who uh, could give you a boost. Yeah, Mike White looks like Peyton Manning if he's on the Texans right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, and it's going to be a great matchup, I think, seeing Sauce Gardner, the outstanding rookie cornerback for the Jets, matching wits with Justin Jefferson. Uh, you know, of course, no matter who the opponent is, Jefferson is a must start. Same with Dalvin Cook. Same with TJ Hawkinson. Not really sure uh, if this is going to be a banner day for Kirk Cousins. It's certainly a tough matchup. Uh, also could be a little bit tough for Adam Thielen. Yeah, and I know it looks for Texans fans like Sauce Gardner is better than Stingley. and. And it feels like the Texans made a mistake there, but I want to see the Derek Stingley experience with a better defense around him and maybe a better defensive coordinator. Sorry, Levy. But let's go to the Dolphins at the Niners. 
It's the league's best defense, Andy, versus the league's third best offense. But the Niners' defense, they're number one against the run, but middle of the pack against the pass. So maybe that makes advantage Dolphins. Can the Niners stop Miami? What do you think? Well, San Francisco has been pretty much stopping everybody. Late. Um, but it's certainly stuff to, excuse me, tough to stop uh, Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddell. Uh, I would suspect Miami will take to the air a lot in this game. Uh, they need to protect Tua, goes without saying. Uh, Jeff Wilson did not have as good a week against the Texans as one would have figured because Miami was throwing so much. So, uh, And Raheem Mostert uh, could be back this week in the Dolphin backfield. So I think I would kind of leave my Dol- Dolphins fantasy triangle to Tua and the usual duo of Hill and Waddle. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, uh, it's time to record this, actually uh, missed a practice. It's likely for maintenance, but if not, uh, certainly Jordan Mason uh, came on in relief last week after Elijah Mitchell uh, was knocked out, and he's gone for the rest of the season. So certainly uh, the players behind McCaffrey are now worth tracking, starting with Mason. Uh, you know, it was a quieter day for the 49ers through the air, uh, you know, not particularly huge days at all for George Kittle or Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel. But uh, against Miami, they may have to put some points up. So I would keep those three guys in your lineup. Yeah, this one's tough for me. I don't know who I would pick. Who would you pick in this game between the Dolphins and the Niners? The one thing I would say that is going to be underrated going into this game is the Dolphins basically got to rest for the second half against the Texans in a lot of ways because there was a lot of backups out there. Well, and the 49ers weren't really pushed too much by the Saints last week, even though the score was a modest 13 to nothing. Um, I I would say I'd lean San Francisco in this one. The Chiefs are at the Bengals, and this could be a playoff preview. Uh, What are you focusing on with Mahomes and Burrow here? Well, this game has one of the higher over-under totals of the week, so it has the potential to be a real fun shootout. I mean, the Chiefs are highly motivated to beat Cincinnati after the Bengals came in and upset them at Arrowhead in the playoffs. Um, You know, you can expect, obviously, Mahomes and and Kelsey uh, to do their thing, as they so often do. Uh, Cincinnati, it looks like, will be getting Jamar Chase back this week, and they may also be getting Joe Mixon as well, although Samaj P. Ryan has played very well uh, backing up Mixon. He had a nice game against the Titans this past week when Cincinnati uh, won in Nashville. But uh, the Bengals are definitely, you know, with Chase back, I mean, they can they can compete with anybody on the scoreboard because they also have T. Higgins, and uh, Tyler Boyd has had a few relevant fantasy games this year. He's probably one of those players who's a little bit better in real life uh, than fantasy, but he can certainly help. So can Hayden Hurst at tight end. So I uh, definitely expect this to be a high-scoring game. Um, Isaiah Pacheco, the Kansas City running back, had a touchdown last week. Uh, the question is, though, will he be as relevant this week in a game where Kansas City may be passing more? Jarek McKinnon usually handles more of the passing game role for the Chiefs, so that makes Pacheco a little bit more dicey, but I still think he's worth starting. Uh, if you have McKinnon, it's certainly potentially worth uh, using him uh, if he's out there. He did miss a practice, uh, you know, prior to us uh, recording this, so that's something else to monitor. Uh, it's a quiet game for Juju Smith-Schuster coming back, so maybe he'll ramp up a little bit this week. Uh, you're you're going to want pieces of this game in fantasy, obviously. I I think the Chiefs will probably win a close one on the road as they're pushing for home field throughout the playoffs in the AFC. 
man, I understand that it's Mahomes and Kelsey and all that, but that Bengals defense, they're underrated. You know, I just feel like they could they could keep it down to a lower score than you you would think. Am, am I crazy for thinking that? Not really, although their bigger strength, as we saw last week against the Titans, uh, tends to be against the run. And, and while Pacheco has looked good for Kansas City, I mean, it's still the pass that's their strength. But they did shut down the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game last year. So, yeah, it's possible this could be a little bit lower. I think it's going to be a close game either way. I know they're good against the run because of a guy. One of the guys is DJ Reader, and it just depresses me thinking about <laughs> DJ Reader. That was a mistake by the Texans, yeah. One of about a 1,000 that Bill O'Brien made. Uh, the Titans are at the Eagles. The Titans, they appear to be smoke and mirrors. I mean, I just look at the numbers. None of the stats add up to seven wins, Andy. I don't know how you look at it. You're just like, they're they're not good. Well, Mike Rabel is a good coach, and that helps considerably. Besides, some of the stats were a bit skewed during that period uh, when they had to use Malik Willis at quarterback because they just weren't throwing the ball then. I mean, they're a very old-school type team in that they're anchored by their running back. But uh, they have uh, shown some life in the passing game in recent weeks with Brian Tannehill back uh, and Traylon Burks, the rookie, starting to make some plays. Uh, it's, it's just like, I mean, the only player you really look at on that team that's a huge playmaker, though, is Derrick Henry on offense. So, and that's how they're going to have to try and attack Philadelphia because the Eagles are definitely more vulnerable on the ground and through the air. So I, I think it's kind of a shy away game for any Titans in fantasy with the exception, of course, of Derrick Henry. But uh, maybe you could use Burks, but I definitely would stay away from Tannehill in most formats, unless you're using two quarterbacks. Uh, Jalen Hurts was just incredible against the Packers on Sunday night. So was Miles Sanders. I suspect Tennessee will make them be a little bit more balanced on offense. It is A.J. Brown's uh, first game against the Titans since he was traded away earlier this year. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him pop for a big game or Devontae Smith. I mean, they're still without Dallas Goddard at tight end. He's supposed to potentially back be back by week 15. So. I, I think both wide receivers could get home this week for the Eagles, and I think they will win another one. No uh, no upsets in, in any of these games for you, really? Uh, yeah, I mean, nobody I would say. I, they're so close, a lot of them, though, that I don't think any team winning would really be a major upset any way you slice it. Yeah. Um, a couple of melancholy notes before we close out. On Wednesday, we heard of the loss of Houston Oilers quarterback John Hadle, nobody outside of Houston will remember him with the Oilers. He just played his last two seasons here in 76 and 77 with some bad teams, pre-Earl Campbell and Love You Blue. But Hadle was a six-time Pro Bowler. I guess you would call it a Pro Bowl, whatever they called the AFL. I, I think most people, yeah, would remember Hadle from his time with the Chargers. But yeah, yeah, he did spend time at the end of his career with the Oilers. Uh, and he also spent time in Green Bay and time with the Rams too. He actually also coached in uh, the original USFL back in the 80s. Yeah, the LA Express. And he was first team All-Pro with the Rams in 1973. He was on the 63 AFL champion Chargers team, although a backup that season, but because they blew out the Boston Patriots. It was one of those 51 to 10 or something. He threw for over 100 yards. He's in the AFL Hall of Fame and the College Football Hall of Fame. Unfortunately, Andy, he was 
for you and me, unfortunately, he was a Kansas Jayhawk. And of course, me and Andy are <laughs> Mizzou guys. So that is unfortunate. You know, the, the thing is, though, there there are, have definitely been some likable Jayhawks uh, that have hit the pros and everything like that and, and everything. So, yeah, I mean, I... I, uh, I I can't say I ever I wasn't uh, young enough to really remember Hadel's heyday, but uh, yeah, I mean, definitely will be missed. He was definitely uh, a legendary figure in the world of football. Yeah, and he still owns the longest punt in Kansas Jayhawk history, 94 yards. He led the nation with a 45.6 yard average punt. He did everything for them. And how about this? He had a 98 yard interception return for a touchdown in his first game in a Jayhawk uniform. And another Houston connection, uh, besides the Oilers, Kansas played Rice in the Blue Bonnet Bowl in 1961 with Hadel. They beat Rice 33-7. to Hadel was the underdog, so Rice actually was good enough back in those days to be a favorite in a, in a, in a bowl game. And when Hadel retired from pro football, he was third all-time in passing yards. And Andy, as I know you know, those Chargers teams with Hadel and Lance Allworth, they, they were innovative in pro football. I mean, they were one of the real early passing, great, great passing teams from that, you know, time period. And they basically got the passing game going. Yeah. I mean, the AFL was more wide open back then than the NFL. So yes, I mean, uh, I, I suspect it would have been a lot of fun to watch the chargers back in 63 when they won the championship. Also, I I've got to say a fond farewell. And I know you're a big music buff like me, Andy. Uh, we lost one of the great ones uh, on Wednesday, Christine McVie, Fleetwood Mac. I mean, just she's one of the great singers, songwriters ever. Um, just uh, I think everybody no now knows one of her songs from the commercial everywhere. You you know, you, you see that commercial all the time running and it's sort of come back fittingly, you know, as she passes away. It feels like it's a it's a comeback really for that song and Christine McVie with Fleetwood at, back at that time. But uh, just, you know, I, I can't remember if you're a big Fleetwood Mac fan, but I, I mean, those, some of those albums back in the seventies and no, 80s Fleetwood was, Mac is a great band. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. McVie was, she was really the stable force in that. That band had a lot of drama going on. It was a soap opera at all times. And she was really the, the anchor in a lot of ways. And I saw a beautiful letter written posthumously from uh, Stevie Nicks to Christine McVie. She posted that up on Twitter. So if you didn't check, if you didn't find it, go find it on my uh, Twitter feed. I retweeted uh, that, but uh, just a real sad loss in the music oh, business in the, in the last few days. And, uh, you know, it just, it's, it seems like, doesn't it seem like Andy, just every couple of days we're losing one of these like music icons and legends. It's just, it's happening uh, just way, way, way too frequently for, for you and me. But um, anyway, oh, oh I want to close it out by just uh, reminding everybody to ask Andy uh, football questions or fantasy questions, anything NFL related. He's at Andy Rio on Twitter. Um, I know, Andy, you are not following the other football. You're not a big soccer guy, right? No. <laughs> so don't ask him any soccer questions. He doesn't know about the World Cup. It's the other football. It's the other football you got to ask him about. But, uh, man, it's always a blast to catch up with you. And, uh, yeah, we got to do this again next week. Uh, good to see you, man. All right. Sounds good. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk.
Hey, you can support the show by subscribing on YouTube and commenting on the videos. Listen to Houston Sports Talk on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and Google. Don't forget to tell a friend and share our show on social media. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.